You know, there, there's times in our life, man, we just, we can't see past frustrations to see God. We, we can't see through the letdowns and through the betrayals, through the hurts. We, we, have, a, we have a problem as, as human people. We, we have a problem to see past anything that's outside of what we're wanting in order to see God. But this morning, we're going to encourage you with the book of Job. Are you ready to be encouraged this morning? You've got your Bibles. Let's go to Job. See, the good part about this text is coming from the end. I took you to the end. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take you through the whole thing. We're going to, well, actually, I will. But the text is going to come from these five verses. Job chapter 42, starting in verse 1. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. God has a purpose. He has a purpose. Can you, can you say this with me? God, have, God has a purpose with me. God, have, God has a purpose for me. God has a purpose. And he will not withhold it. See, you, you got, Michelle, they have to believe that this morning. No matter what we face and no matter what we walk through, we have to believe God has a purpose and he will not withhold it. God has a purpose for you. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. He has a purpose for you and he will not withhold it. You have to believe that in and through all circumstance. We'll just stop there and go home. That's a good enough preach, right? You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Remember, all right, we'll get into it here in a minute. Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? This is what Job's saying to God. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Don't we all? Boy, y'all didn't know this... Y'all didn't know that the book of Job was so rich, did you? We haven't even got through reading the text. And there's things in here ringing our bells already. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you. And you shall answer me. Watch this. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. Oh, I've heard about you. That's right. I've heard everything that you can do. He said, but now my eyes see you. How many of you are in a point in your life? Now listen, I, I'm not saying it's bad to hear the word of God. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, look, you've been pushed so much in life. You've been pressed on all sides so far. 
you're standing at the edge of a cliff and you're just at a point. Remember we talked about this coming boldly? We're at a point now that we just go speak what's on our mind and we go to God and go, okay, look, I'm done hearing about what you can do. I need to see what you will do. I'm not saying that to God. Well, that's, you know, it's what you want to say. You're just holding it in because you think that you have to go to God in a certain way. And he already knows what's on your heart before you bring your petition before him anyway. He needs to hear what's on your heart, not what's in your head. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. You can do it all. And that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who has counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard you, or I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear. But now my eyes see you. I just want to talk to you on a topic when eyes are opened. <laughs> Don't you know there's many of us that are walking blindly in our faith? Well, Pastor, the Bible says that we're not to walk by sight, but by faith. I, yep, but there's such a thing as blind faith, too. There's a thing of ignorance. Well, I just trust that God's going to do it. And we forgot to read that if we jump off a cliff, gravity's going to take over and we're going to... So many times we walk through adversity in life blind. Because all, and, and I say that, look, I, I say that with compassion and care. But I'm also telling you this morning that that's not what God wants you to do. God wants you to be able to walk through adversity, being able to see him in it all. No matter. But Pastor... I, all right, you're going to make me do it. We're going to go back through Job. Because we, we think, well, okay, that, I mean, that, that's not too hateful. That's pretty good, and we could get encouragement from that and leave it alone. But I have to give you some backdrop to bring this with a little weight. See, we always think about, we always think about the victory but we don't think about the war. You're not going to have victory without a fight. You, you can't win. Have you ever experienced something in your life at one point or another? And because of what it seemed like at that moment, you called it one thing. But when you got through it, you look back and you called it something else. Anybody ever been there? I think there was a, uh, I think it's a Danish philosopher or something that he, he said something about uh, we, we live our life forward, but we learn 
from life backwards. We're always living this way. And most of the time that we're living, we don't understand it. And then we turn back and we see the steps that were ordered. You had to go through that. Because now that has made you who you are. You had to go through that. Because he had to know that he could trust you. We can't leave little man at the house by himself. If we can't leave him in the car for two minutes while we go in the store. The... We have to learn as we go. God has to know you as you go. Are you at a point to where you're just done? Is anybody complacent in their Christianity right now? Everything in life is just wonderful and grand. You've gotten all the money that you need and the relationships are just blooming, full of roses. Smells like dandelions. I don't even know what they smell like. Better be careful. Smelling like roses. At least I know what that smells like. (laughs) And everything in life is good and you're okay? Are are you fine setting where you are? You're not. Yes, you are. You're not? Really? (laughs) See, because sometimes I can read into you and I see that you're just okay. You're fine right where you are. Well, why do you say it? Because nothing changes. Pastor got a poke this morning, don't he? It's not nice, Pastor, on a Sunday morning. I'm wanting you to understand something. That in order for God to take us to another place in him, we're going to have to realize who he, not who he has been, and not just who he is, but who he will be. If all you, if you limit God, hear me, if you limit God to what he has done, you will never go any further. You agree? Come on, church, wake up. It's Sunday morning. I mean, for the love of John, I give you coffee and everything this morning. Most of you are still sucking on the coffee. But because of what you've gone through, you're able to look back and see why you went through what you went through. Or what... Because many of us will go, well, what's the purpose? And no purpose will be withheld from you. What's the purpose? It's God's purpose. We're tied into our purpose. We're tied into our wants. God's got a bigger plan for you, Joe. What you're doing, man, this is little stuff, dude. Well, you can't tell me that was a big step. 
We both quit our jobs and went to work for ourselves. Amen, brother. I'm right there with you. But he's got bigger things in store if you'll let him. You, you, can't, you can't fight the purpose. You have to embrace it. If you believe that God wants you at a different place, you're going to have to embrace what it is that you will face. Are you willing to do that? Because all of you answered, now I'm going to throw you right back in the hot pan. All of you answered and said, no, I'm not happy where I am. I'm not complacent, and I know there's more. Okay, great. Now let's change. My job's done today. <laughs> Have you ever gone through something where you just... <laughs> okay, men, right here is where you get to say amen. Have you ever done, has your wife ever done something? Has your wife ever done something? Well, okay. Let me go back the other way. Men, have you ever done something? I'll just stay safe. Have you ever, well, actually, you know what. Have you ever done something where your wife come back and she wants an explanation? Of why you did it. Go ahead. <laughs> they thumbs up and in the sound booth. <laughs> they demand explanation of why you did what you did. Now watch this. Maybe what they did, they had a purpose. And at this point, I can't give you an explanation. Because if I do, it's going to spoil the purpose. See, I don't, I don't encourage husband and wives to have separate checking accounts. I, I actually discourage that tremendously. Now... I don't discourage the fact that, men, you can get some allowance from mama. <laughs> as long as mama knows, right? Look, I've got a separate account, too. But she knows if she needs <clears throat> Right? But she gets everything she needs to make sure the house is okay and good. And she, she still has her... Her change in her pocket, too, because she got to get her nails did, and her hair did, and her toes did, and everything else did, right? So it's not that I'm withholding, but here, here was the thing with me when we were first married, and we didn't have but one checking account, and we used the same card. If I would smoke something on that card, I'm not talking about smoking nothing, I got to explain to y'all, because y'all ain't always been saved. <laughs> I'm not talking I'm talking about burning the card up in a store if, if I go to the store and I wanted to buy her a piece of jewelry as soon as I hit that card dude it was hey did, why did you go and spend that couple hundred like, you know that we didn't want the explanation oh and just hammer it well I get to the point Don I get frustrated with it I said you know what 
You want something? You go buy it. And that's what I did. I'm just being honest. She was demanding an explanation. Does it sound familiar? God's doing something for you. Hey, I need to know. Why are you doing this to me? Why, Michelle, why do I have to go? This is what we're talking to God about. Why do I have to go through what I'm going through? See, from chapter 1 to chapter 42, boy, isn't this amazing. God was quiet. Oh, I know, you rang, I called, Tommy, I called, left a message, and he didn't call me back. That was the biggest saying in the car business, man. I'd always be bringing the salespeople to the desk and going, hey, what's going on with such and such and such? That's how we made a living. We sold cars. What happened with such and such? Why? It, well, I called and I left a message and he ain't called me back. And boy, we used to laugh at that because I used to get that all the time. I'm like, come on, dude. Then calling during mealtime when he's by his phone with his family because that's what they... Yeah, I'm calling talking to you about your car insurance. <laughs> they do that to me all the time. But we demand explanation, and God's quiet. And because we're wanting explanation and God is quiet, we begin to not focus on God anymore. All right, well, let me put it like this. There was a day when all the sons of God came and came before God. This is in chapter 1, by the way. All the sons of God come before God, and Satan came too. Read the Bible. Can you see Satan waiting in line? And God said, where you been? <laughs> Boy, it's almost like he spoke... Ooh, it's almost like he's supposed to check in daily. Ooh, there might be a thought. Don't you? Satan can't even do nothing without checking in. Whoop, never mind. Anyway, he said, where you been? He said, well, I've been over here, and I went to Covington. <laughs> Stopped by Iron Gate on the way through. <laughs> went to Finn Castle, went to Buck Cannon. Went to Christiansburg and Blacksburg and Floyd been looking to find somebody that I could stir up and God said hmm. have you considered Salem my servant Job really really has it has any Look, I'm sorry, but if I was Job, I think that me and Job, me and God would have had another conversation. Maybe it, and maybe it happened outside of Scripture. We don't know. I'm just telling you what's there. I, I would have said, hey, I'm serving you. Whoo, this is hitting home now. I'm tithing. 
I'm going to church. I'm involved. Shoot. We doing a marriage ministry. Wife involved in children's church. We there five and six days a week. God, I'm serving. I could probably give you a list of probably about 10 people's names that probably deserve this more than I. Y'all loosen up. Don't say. There ain't never one of you that's ever gone through something and asked God why. So don't you bring your little holy garb up in here this morning because I'm going to throw some red wine on it. We go stain it. We all, somewhere in our life has gone through something and we look back and we say, God, why? And some of us, some of us have gone that far to say, look, I'm tithing. I know that they don't even tithe because they friends and come to the house on Fridays. And they tell us how much of a struggle it is to give and why they don't. So we go down this list of everything that we've done. How many of you know it's easy to serve God when everything? Do you know about this guy, Job? This dude had it together. God said, go try him because I know what he's going to do. He's going to shun evil. It's in the Bible. Read Job. He says that he shunned evil. He said, I know what he's going to do. He's going to go like this to you. Put the hand in the face. And we think that we are exempt. Look, some of us can't even shun evil. Come on, preacher, stay out of my living room. Now I'm coming in. I wipe my feet. <laughs> some of we can't even shun evil, and we want to know why we're tested in so many areas. And this man's living a life of righteousness in the eyes of God. Now that. That's a man. In the eyes of God, he was living this life of righteousness. God said, have you considered it? <coughs> Woo. God had high standards for him. And you're thinking God's mad at you. Because you had to go through something. Maybe it's just that God's got high standards. Just listen, all I'm doing is giving you a thought because I didn't get this till this morning. So I'm just giving you thoughts. I got one page of notes and I highlighted one thing on my on my notes right there so I wouldn't forget that. Just going through it, man. Wouldn't be so bad if we felt like we started at the bottom. But it's when you're on the mountaintop 
one day. And the next day, you're having to look up to see the mountaintop. Oh, I'm, I'm here to tell you by experience. It's easier to serve God when your life is smooth. It's hard to serve him when somebody is blowing some winds across your sail. It's not impossible. <laughs> Whew, but it's hard. It's, it's so hard. Sometimes, Michelle, the prayers that I would pray would be going back and telling him, I'm sorry for being such an idiot. Not asking him for nothing. I'm just, I'm expressing how sorry I am for my ignorance because I would even dare to think that God didn't have me in his hand. That I would dare to think that God hated me so much that he would allow such a thing to take place in my life. And my day of prayer would be, God, I'm such an idiot. I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm a knucklehead. I've said some other words with him, but I'll whisper this one. I, I, I'm, I'm a moron. See, I've said that too. I know y'all don't talk to God like that because you're not going to God boldly and telling him what's on your mind. You're going with your righteous garb trying to cover the eyes of God and trying to stand behind the veil so he can't really see what it is that you're wanting and you're trying to manipulate him. And He already knows you want a, a motorcycle. He, he already knows you want a dirt bike. Just tell him. You ain't got to go to him and say, I've been so good, and you know, and there's stuff, and I got things, and, and you know, and you, it would be nice because I seen one of my boys, you know, they was riding on theirs, and, and, and you're dancing around, and God's going, dude, you took so long trying to manipulate me and dance around the bush, the one motorcycle that I had for in mind for you is already gone. Now your daddy can't go and buy it, so now you're going to have to wait. Just saying. But Job is setting and enjoying all of the goodness of God in his life. And then one day, out of the blue, bam! Oh, read it. It wasn't just one thing. The Bible actually said that one of the messengers came while the other one was talking. He still ain't finished. He ain't told him everything that's happened on the first problem. And here come another messenger trying to tell his side. First it was his cattle. Then it was his sheep and his servants. Then it was his children and the house. Oh, wait a minute. Forgot one. Not really. And then it was him. Can I tell you something? If Satan wanted your things, Satan would have stopped after he took that. I'm going to the house. He, Satan cared less what he takes from you. He ain't after none of that. He 
He's after your devotion to him. And if you sit and look at it, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's, it's, it's kind of amazing how this thing breaks out. And then it's one thing after another after another, and it progressively gets worse. Take the money. I'm smart enough to know. That God said, I've given you everything to make money. Yes, he did. Well, quote the scripture. I ain't quoting scripture. You read your Bible. I know what's in here. And he said, he's given us everything that we need to make wealth. So if, if the enemy chooses to go after the wealth so that I give up my devotion to God, he's going to lose. He'd have been there and done that. <laughs> well, I'm not, no, I can't say that. But sometimes, be careful what you pray. Yeah. Don't go blaming Satan on everything that happens in your life. Sometimes it's because of your prayers. And God answers them and you went, well, wait, I was joking. But if he's coming after my, I already know. He's given me everything I need to make wealth. And I know that God will never leave me nor forsake me. And he'll provide for every need I ever need. So if he doesn't get that, now he goes after another. Now he goes, uh-oh, wait a minute. He went after my finances. He, he got the finances. He took the wealth, because that's the cattle. Okay, that was all of his prosperity. He, he took that. Then he went after the sheep. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Then he went after the sheep. He went after his worship. Hang on, I'll teach you this little level right here. This is good. This is straight off the press. They would use lambs for sacrifice. Well, there wasn't worship without sacrifice remember when abraham said you stay here he was talking to his servant and he said you stay here the boy and i are going to go yonder and worship he was going to sacrifice you can't you can't worship god without sacrifice well what does that mean pastor i don't have any sheep nope ourselves as a living sacrifice well, look, little gold nugget for you right there it was just that little gold nugget see now you can tell somebody scripture and you can break the lamb down and the sheep he went after his money then he went after his worship Wait a minute, then he went after his love. Because then he went to the home. Charlie, how many of us men love nothing more than our wives and our children? Look, you, you will put your saint hat in your pocketbooks if somebody comes after your babies. Okay, stop being so religious. 
you will take off your saint hat and put it in your pocketbook and go to somebody head to toe if they come after your babies. You can say what you want. I know you better than you know you. Come after one of my kids and I'll show you firsthand exactly what happened. But you're a pastor. <laughs> Be careful. So he goes, finances, worship, love. Oh, he's breaking him down. We think Satan's going to come in and try to just crush us. He knows that he's operating from a place of defeat. You're operating from a place of victory. Problem is, most of us Christians don't realize that. So we try to fight the enemy on his level when we should make the enemy fight us from our level, which is going to turn, end up making him get defeated yet again. But we will turn ourselves loose. He knew Job already was going to fight from a place of victory. And he said, got to go at this in a different way. One thing at a time. I'm wearing down. Have you ever been wore down? Oh, have you ever sat there and it's been one thing after another, after another, after another. And the whole thing, you don't have no explanation. The teacher's not in the classroom. You're having to take this test. There's nobody to help you. Oh, well, there's people to help you. Watch what happens here. He's got people to help him, and they're the closest ones to him. His friends and his wife. (laughs) Charlie, thank God you and I aren't married to such a woman. Oh, now see, now listen. Okay, well, let me, let me do it this way. Because I, I, I don't want you thinking bad of her. You've got to remember. This woman is going through it right along with Job. Are you, she's struggling with her finances. Money's getting tight. Come on. There ain't a woman up in this house this morning that ain't going to go to daddy and start going. When it comes to the bill time. Right? Well, they're coming to the right place. See, the women know us better than we know us. And we know the word because the women went to the right person because we are to be the providers for the home. We're the priest. Never mind. Don't let me get all in the marriage stuff with you right now. I'm trying to talk to you about some issues with Job. So here here comes his friends. (laughs) Friends like these, I don't know that you need enemies, really. These are some good friends. These are the tight boys. Come on. They're the close friends. They're the only ones that showed up. Don't tell me they're not close to him. They heard along the way, somewhere through the grapevine, they heard that Job was facing some turmoil and these friends are better than some of the friends we say we have. They actually packed their gathering or packed their belongings and went to his house. Your friends won't even call you. 
but you'll, they're my friends. No, they ain't. You've misappropriated. Some of them were just acquaintances. It should have been a, hey, how you doing? And got a word from the Lord through that person, and it should have been done over. No, you thought that because they give you a word from the Lord at that time, that you were supposed to go and bed with them and sleep with them and eat with them. Don't take it so serious. That you were supposed to go and eat with them and hang out with them and, and give all your stuff to them because they had a word from the Lord. They must be prophetic. So now I've got to hang out with them because I want some of their anointing. Boy, don't you know that you just messed up. You know, that would have been a miserable life if you had to sleep with the donkey and eat with the donkey. Right? You. This is one of three books that was given to us in the Bible that are a part of a wisdom literature. The other two books is Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. And this book, there's three books in the Bible that is known as the wisdom literature. If you need to get wisdom on what to do and how to act and how to work it out, go to these three books and study. I promise you. Oh, but you ain't going to like all of them. You ain't going to like it when he tells you, shh, shh. But I need to give him peace. No, you shh. You better heed the word of the Lord. So his three friends come to his rescue. Thank God for these three friends. Rolling up in his life and just telling him how evil he is. Must be in sin. What you done done? You ain't told your wife something. She ain't here. You can talk to your brother. I won't tell her. And goes through all of this stuff with his three friends. And Joe actually looked at one of them and said, how much longer are you going to beat my soul down? Torment my soul, I think is the verb that he used. Or the, the word that he used. He said, how much longer are you going to torment my soul? You, you need to look at some of your friends when you're in the middle of something and you're trying to keep your eyes on the Lord because Job ain't give up. Job is still looking unto the hills. And you got friends all up in your business. I don't know why you're doing that. You've been doing it for 20 years now and it ain't helped. Look at where you at. Come on in church this morning. We're breaking good bread. This is fresh bread. But he goes through all of this with these people. Then he has to deal with his wife. As if my life isn't turned upside down bad enough. 
Now the one that I'm supposed to give everything I have to, the one that I can trust and rest assured, she will not hurt me. If she sees me cry, Dennis, she won't tell everybody I'm a crybaby. We're done. Buy Facebook, buy YouTube, buy congregation. Some of you ought to cry as much as I do because he's saving your tears. I got a big collection. It's called Lake Rock. And his wife comes into the picture and she says, Job, just curse God and die. This is his wife. Don't you know me and you would be going to some counseling after I drug you through the woods? If you told me, curse God and die. Because I'm going to try to get your senses right and your bearings right. So I'm going to spin you around, throw you over the hollow, tie you to trees, throw rocks at you, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Just trying to get her senses back. His wife does. And it's, it's kind of ironic that the words that she used is the same words that Satan used. Because Satan told God, you let me, he'll curse you and die. Don't think Satan ain't going to play you or you. Satan will play you. And we have to be diligent in our looking for God. Not everything around us. Sometimes, that's maybe that's why the Bible says lift up your head. Because I don't want you to look at your problem. I want you to see over it. Oh, I want to bring you to a higher level. Look, look up. Y'all going to be doing that going through church. You're going to be talking to somebody and you're going to go. And they go, thank you, snobbing them. <laughs> Say, no, I'm just trying to get where God wants me to go. And right now you ain't talking that language. I love you, brother. She tells him to curse God. And die. How many people have come into your life talking to you about your faith when you're in the middle of a storm? And they go, John, you need to pay attention. First this happened, then this happened, now this, now look where you're at. And you're still doing that? Why don't you just quit?
You willing to quit? Kind of an eye opener, isn't it? The closest, the ones you think are put in your life to help you along the way mm-hmm. are the very ones that tells you, just quit. Oh, thank God for Elihu. He came into the picture and he told him all about the goodness of God. Those are the ones you... Those are... It said that after all the other ones that said their peace and talk, then he spoke. Elihu. <laughs> Elihu. However you want to pronounce it. I'm no scholar for that. I just know that he's telling him all about the goodness of God. Not talking about maybe he sinned or maybe he done something unrighteous or he's talking about all the goodness of God. But Job, just like us, we have this tendency to still go before God and question. Rightfully so. To ask God why and to live in that is two different things. If you want to go ask God why and get it off your chest, he already knows it's in your head anyway. So just go before him go, I don't understand and I really think this is cruel, this is not right. I'm not very happy with you right now. And he'll say, huh, how old are you again? Oh, you're old enough to get over it. And God just got to the point. He says, okay, now I've heard enough. You got yours out. He says, now. Stand up. Well, actually, he said man up or stand up like a man or something. Hang on now. What did he say? Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Well, this is Job actually saying that he's talking back to God in this one and telling him that you, you've told me to, to stand up and ready myself like a man. But God basically said, okay, shut up, quit sniveling like a little sissy. Stand to your feet. Be a man. And you're going to answer some questions I got for you, mister. You got it together. And God went through this whole list of things he said whoa hey job mr big boy where were you when i stretched the measuring line big boy can you fish out leviathan out of the sea it's just a sea creature they don't know all of the script he said can you fish him out with a hook Come on, big boy, put your pants on. Let's go to work. And after all of this that God laid in his, laid in his lap and said, okay, you tell me then who I am. If you didn't do any of that and i done all of that, then you tell me who I am. Right. 
And that brings us to here. And Joe said, you know, I've heard of you. And I've watched all of this stuff. But now my eyes see you. Sometimes you have to go through a Job season in order for your eyes to be opened to recognize God for who he is. So before you get all tied up and get your britches in a knot because you're going through something that you didn't deserve, when you're going through something that you're not getting explanations to, God's not telling you why, why do I have to tend to all of this? God's building something in you. God has more faith in you than you have in him. And he's trying to get your level of faith to that point. Why do I have to go... God loves you. God's a good God. God will pull you through. And I promise you, as you walk through life, living it, one day you're going to stop and turn around and you're going to learn it. I told somebody, I said, man, I used to drive so fast in life. Young and y'all can hear me on this one. I used to drive so fast in life, not literally, not even the bike, but I used to drive so fast in life, man, I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait, I, could, I couldn't wait to get out of sixth grade, I couldn't wait to go to middle school, couldn't wait to get out of middle school, couldn't wait to get into high school, couldn't wait to get out of high school, couldn't wait to go, wasn't the college, go in the Navy because I wanted to get out of the house, I was 18, I was going to live my life large and in charge, I couldn't wait, I couldn't wait to date that one that would actually say that she loved me too and that we could get married, I couldn't wait until after we got married and had a child, I couldn't wait until my children grew up and they made something of their life and I couldn't wait until my children had their children and I couldn't wait to hold my grandkids and I couldn't wait and now I'm standing and I'm turning looking back over life and going God why did I rush it because now I'm holding grandkids And now I'm expressing to my wife and to my kids. Daddy's on the back side of his life. I don't have another lifetime to live. At best, I have another half. If the Lord so wills it. But if he takes me tomorrow, at least I still know his goodness because even as fast as I was going, I'm still able to stop now and smell the roses. That's why everything else doesn't matter, dude. 
I mean, it just really, it doesn't matter. Ain't none of it going with me. The Bible says that we're to build up a legacy or an inheritance is the word it actually uses for our children and their children. Build up an inheritance for our children and their children. Baby, can I tell you something? We're doing something more. Because it's not just, it's not just going to be our children. It's not going to be just their children. I ain't talking about money. Get that out your mind. It's not going to be just their children. But it's going to be their children. And it's going to be their children. And it's going to be their Oh, oh, wait a minute. Because see, a curse, a curse can follow you up to four generations if not dealt with. A blessing from God will go up to a thousand generations. We raise them in the way they should go. And then we teach them then we teach them how to raise theirs in the way they should go. It ain't about getting nosy, Sean, so don't ever throw... Tater, don't you do it. It ain't, it ain't about getting nosy and trying to correct you and how you... It ain't got nothing to do... As long as you are expressing the love of Christ into those children, you'll hear very little from me. Except, give me the baby, we gotta go. <laughs> and don't tell me No. <laughs> We'll fight right in the front yard. I can't wait till they get old enough to get leathers and sit on the back. You lost your seat. <laughs> bah! Oh, <no. laughs> Job finally saw not for who God was. He already knew who God was. Not only did he just hear of him, but he experienced him. He was prosperous. Life was good. Now he's seen God for who he can be. Okay. I got to. This wasn't part of the notes. He's seen God for what he will be, who he can be. Watch. And because he saw this, and because he got before God and he cleaned himself up, he, he repented. <laughs> let's, let's smack religion real quick. He repented. Of his attitude. He didn't ask God to forgive him for his attitude. He changed. His attitude. Though. He. Slay me. 
then all of his brothers, this is verse 11, then all of his brothers and all of his sisters and all those who had been acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house. And they consoled him and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord, now, after God caused man to restore back to you what was lost so that God would get glory, God showed them who was God. So they, they brought. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job. God blessed the latter days. More than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. I love this part. This isn't normal formality. Look what happens. And he called the name of the first. I don't know how you want to say that. Jamama? Is that what you said? Jamama? I'm going to say that. If y'all don't like it. Whatever. The name of the second? Keziah. And the name of the third? Why can't we just say Karen? This isn't, this is not the custom. In these times, they always identified the sons. God just took him to another revelation. Not only did he know God and not know of him or knew of him, but now that he has seen him, it has begun, it's gone beyond that. And now he has seen God at even yet another level because now we're talking about his three daughters, not his five sons. Now look. In all the land were found no women so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. The end.
if we can embrace the moments of adversity and not demand so much of an explanation from God, but yet trust him and see where he just might be trying to take you. God's goodness never fails. He will protect you all the days of your life. See, I think it's easy for us because we, we think of, huh, we think of it this way. We think of giving God gratitude and thanks for what he brought Job through. Rightfully so. It's a good point. We got to thank God for bringing us through. If it weren't for God, we wouldn't have been brought through. And because it was God that brought us through, now we get double for our trouble. <laughs> That's the same cliche. That's so weak. But he's taken him four generations deep with grandbabies. I don't know if my nerves can handle it, Dennis. But I'm willing to try. One at a time. Just bring one over at a time. Y'all need to call amongst yourself. And Have you been to Pop Pops? Okay, we're going to go now. We'll give him a few minutes. He's a little stressed out. Sadie was just there for two hours. Okay, give me some time. Let me take a breath. But we give God thanks for bringing us through. Can I tell you what's more important? Because see how quick you, you forgot. Watch how quick you forgot. Satan went to God. And God said, have you considered? Have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. That's what God says about you. He, he says, there's none like you on the earth. And I say, thanks be to God. But he says, there's none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man. Come on, just hang on. One who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Oh, oh. Have you not made a hedge around him? Around his household? And around all that he has on every side. Job said, but God, it's easy for him to be an upright man. Because you've, you've protected him. You've sheltered him, poor Tom Tom. You've, you've sheltered him. You've kept him from the wiles of the enemy. You haven't let him experience anything. If you let him experience what I'm about to put on him, I promise you. We thank God for bringing us through. What about thanking God for what you didn't have to go through? Oh, Satan was already looking. He, I bet you he'd have been to Job's house a hundred times. 
But every time he gets there, he just sees that hedge of protection that God had put around him, his family, his household, his belongings. He's seen all the protection. If you want to be protected, get in God's grace. Get in God's presence. He said, he's serving you because you give him all that. You got, he got a hedge around. You didn't put up stuff. I can't even get to him. Boy, don't you know that if Job would have knew what God knew in this conversation, Job would have been thanking the Lord anyway. I ain't seen nothing but thank you. I ain't had no problems but thank you. You have blessed the work of his hands. And his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has. And he will surely curse you to your face. Boy, ain't you. <laughs> he got a little bit of confidence. A little bit more than what he needed. What you're going through was purposed. The outcome is purposed. Where you end will not be the same place you began. Your latter days will be better than the former. And then you'll die. When all your days are good. I mean, it's like Moses when Moses died. He said he was still strong in sight. Moses was healthy. He went away with daddy, and daddy said, okay, night-night. I wonder if you're sitting here this morning, and you find yourself right in the midst of a Job season. By Facebook, by YouTube. 